Here we go. You are listening to Rumination Thursday, August the 26th in the year of our Lord 2021, Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Wes Reimnitz. And the article we're going to be talking about is an article that indicates that religion influence of Christianity is waning in the United States. Rates of church attendance, religious affiliation, belief in God, prayer, and Bible reading have been dropping for decades. American beliefs are becoming more post-Christian, and concurrently religious identity is changing. And the article says, enter Generation Z. Now, you may not be aware of it, but there are different levels of who you are, depending on when you were born. Generation Z, these are people born between 1999 to 2015, kind of teenagers. Millennials were born 1984 to 1998. Generation X were 1965 to 1983. Boomers were born 1946 to 1964. And then elders were born before 1946. So you have these five groups of individuals and they have different approaches to religion and understanding of Christianity. And the church needs to know about this. Well, what did you think of this uh, article, Pastor Wes Reimnitz, about Generation Z? Well, I thought it was a good article for us to take a look at Z and those generations. Uh, because really, as you go down, for instance, like boomers would be parents of some of the millennials and of Generation Z and and so forth. So, you know, interlocking into that are some of the values of various generations as, as they're raised, uh, which I thought was rather interesting. But on a further note, We've been discussing this for the last couple of years, some of the problems in the church. And should we be surprised at some of the numbers that we're going to be talking about? No, we really shouldn't. Uh, Actually, more than any other generation before Generation Z does not assert a religious identity. Uh, They might be drawn to spiritual things, but with a vastly different starting point from previous generations, many of whom received a basic education. It's not at all surprising to me that when I'm doing an adult instruction class and I was talking about, well, David and Bathsheba, and there was an individual there who had graduated from college and he didn't know who I was talking about. I said Mm -hmm. to him, Haven't you even seen the movie? (laughs) And and the fact (laughs) is, the basic understanding of biblical stories is gone, not only because of liberal churches that don't teach the Bible, but also because many people have not 
understood even the stories of the Bible, let alone the insights about who God is. Well, that, that's an excellent point you bring up. I I found that to be the case when I was doing a uh, adult instruction that that uh, one of the ladies who, of course, married uh, into the Lutheran Church and and uh, her her children came with her. It was a mixed marriage, and what was interesting is yes, she didn't know a lot of the stories, so. You know, I went to CPH and got their, they've got this uh, little booklet, 120 Bible stories, and gave it to her and said, read this to your children, and and it will uh, bring you up to speed on the Bible stories. Yes, Concordia Publishing House has some resources that I also used uh, to give the individuals, starting with Adam and Eve all the way to the book of Revelation. Uh, giving kind of summaries of the Bible stories. What I found interesting about this particular article, it was saying that the word atheist is no longer a bad word for Generation C. In other words, the percentage of teens whose identity as such is double that of the general population. General population, 6% homosexual. These teens are 13%. And that proportion identifies as Christians, also likewise drops from generation to generation. Three out of four boomers are Protestant or Catholic Christians, while just three in five 13 to 18-year-olds say they are some kind of Christian. Hmm. Uh, yes. You mentioned statistics. Right. Go ahead with some of them. Well, for instance, when you talk about the boomers and the elders, uh, I was able to, uh, based on that graph, to come up with 75% consider themselves Christian, either of uh, Christian faith or the Roman Catholic tradition. Yes. And it starts dropping from Generation X and Millennials to 65%. And, you know, you started talking about those two generations having a, uh, an effect on this Generation Z, the teenager. It drops down to 59%. So you can see a decrease of going there, even though later on it talks about that they, they do go to go to, go to church but uh, it's i think it's what they're learning in church that kind of turns them off well they indicate in the article what is the great barrier to faith for these teens and um they say the number one problem is evil and suffering is a deal breaker for them for them it is it appears that throughout history, the struggle to find a compelling argument for the existence of both uh, evil and good, and then a loving God is really difficult to find. And that confuses them. <laughs> is it any wonder uh, that, it, that it confuses them? 
you know, I got sitting in my notes things like the ELCA convention that we we did several years back, where they uh, said anyway, there's any multiple ways of coming to heaven, or to a Muslim becoming a chaplain at a Methodist uh, university. You know, uh, there's such a mixture going on, and then on top of that, you got the whole evolutionary science that's that's uh, we run into. Yes, this was interesting that not only do they have a hard time believing that a good God would allow so much evil or suffering in the world, but they believe that science also refutes the Bible. And that's because of this atheistic doctrine of evolution that really gives you the impression that this whole world has come about by chance and God isn't necessary at all. Some people try to pretend that God created the world through evolution, but the Bible not only disagrees with that, but even Jesus makes it very clear that that isn't how the Bible, how the world came about. Right. And we kind of answered that question uh, on a previous broadcast of why some are saved and others are not. And we were able to show, for instance, that uh, that hell was never created for mankind. It was created for the devil and his evil angels. But anyone who does not believe will will make it, will not make it. And uh, we looked at John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we were able to show false preachers in various uh, denominations, especially a woman pastor near where you're serving, who said that who believes may not perish, but may have eternal life. You know, they get this false doctrine. Well, what what kind of confusion are we going to end up with? Yes, I'm uh, very interested in some of the things on YouTube, and my favorite thing to look at right now, you may laugh at this, I could not believe how many plane crashes have occurred during the past decades. And I just Mm. saw the one on Lockerbie, where this plane was blown up above the city, and much of what was falling to the ground was not only killing individuals, but of course everyone on the plane died. And they had a kind of a funeral. And it was very interesting that there was nobody who was denying that there was a God. And they were trying to find comfort from the, the funeral. And so this idea that evil or suffering in the world uh, becomes an obstacle to believing in God just isn't really true when you're dealing with certain groups of people that they don't jump to the conclusion there is no God. Although many Jews, especially radical Jews, because of the Holocaust, believe there is no God who would allow that to happen. So you get those things, and the church needs to address those subjects to help people understand who God is and what his will is. Uh, and that's a good point that you bring up. I mean, you mentioned it on a previous broadcast that uh, uh, 
we, we should be speaking about the issues of today, and that being something like the Taliban, the Muslims, uh, the, the civil unrest that we have, the evolutionary push that uh, they have towards abortion. There's a myriad of topics that that are on the minds of our people. Yeah, so they first of all don't like Christianity because it doesn't explain evil or suffering in the world. Then they also think that evolution is science, which it is not, and therefore refutes much of the Bible. But another item was a number of them left the church because they think Christians are hypocrites. Now, that's something that we should talk about because it all depends what you mean by a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah, because in a sense, we're all hypocrites. You know, we have that sincere belief and in, in faith in, in what God has done for us and trust in the promises of the gospel that he has died upon the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Then in the next instance, we find ourselves still out there sinning. Yes, the fact that the liturgy has a confession of sin is an indication that on the one hand, we really believe in Jesus Christ, but we are often not strong enough to stop from sinning. And if that's called a hypocrite, that's also called a Christian. Uh, to me, a hypocrite is someone who thinks they're good enough to get to heaven, not someone who understands they're not good enough to get to heaven and relies on Jesus Christ as their Savior. Well, are you talking about those who say that they can accept Christ into their life, that they can do something in order to merit their salvation with Christ? Well, that's another problem, not so much among the Z generation, but the next problem is they say they don't believe in fairy tales. And, of course, you hear a lot about that from even so-called Christian pastors who talk about, for example, the beginning of Genesis. These are myths. There's nothing historically true about them, but they try and give an explanation why there is sin in the world because of the sin of Adam and Eve, who, of course, in their view, came millions of years after the world had begun, and there was plenty of sin there before Adam and Eve came, another contradiction of the Bible. So in looking at these things as fairy tales, which some of the Pharisees believed too when Jesus did miracles, uh, or when Moses even did miracles in front of Pharaoh, uh, some of their magicians could duplicate some of what Moses had done, but not everything. And so they consider that to be fairy tales in the scripture. But in reality, they are historic, absolute true events that have occurred. Right. You know, the, the other one that I had a question mark on it, there are too many injustices in the history of Christianity that somehow that's that's a problem. Well, there they'd be talking about the Crusades, for example, mm. that they think were very evil uh, in the killing of Muslims and this sort of thing. Uh, there's no doubt there are injustices done by Christians. 
Now, I'm not saying that that was one of them, but you go to jail and visit prisoners, you'll find a whole number of them who were Christian or believe in Christ, and yet they're in jail for stealing money or doing violence and this sort of thing. Pastors have found that going to jails is one of the best places to help people come to a knowledge of Christ. But Yeah, but remember on the Crusades, that gave rise to the indulgences that they got from the Pope that said that they were free from from uh, any sins that they committed and forgiven because they did it in the yeah because they did it in in the name of the Lord. Right. So a lot of people went on the Crusades uh, in order to make sure that they were saved, and that would yeah. be an injustice. Now, some people, Generation Z. I used to go to church, but it's just not important to me anymore. And I can understand that with some of the churches that we've been looking at that don't really preach Christ and him crucified, but have all kinds of things to say just about uh, morality or by giving sufficient funds to the church to keep it going or this sort of thing. And especially with those pastors who think they're the boss and that the church has to follow everything they say. And that could be a reason why going to church isn't important to them anymore because they're not hearing. They're not getting the right meal. They're getting bad food rather than the good food of the gospel. And there I put in a, a note on from the Lutheran Confessions of the Augsburg Confession, Article 7 where the church is to be found. It's the pure teaching of the gospel and the right administration of the sacraments. Yes. Uh, Another reason Generation Z isn't happy, now this is a lower percentage, only 6% say this, but I've had a bad experience at church with a Christian. Now we talked a little bit about that yesterday, that if you're in a Bible class, and a young person doesn't agree with the pastor on some doctrinal issue, there are others who begin to look down on that young person and say that they're not really Christian and that they really don't understand the Bible and they're looked down upon. Whereas instead, this is an opportunity to speak with them, uh, to share our understanding of why they should not be looking down on anybody in the church, but sometimes that does happen. I had, um, among the many congregations I dealt with, I had a individual who would go and visit people who were delinquent and he would really make them feel bad because they weren't going to church instead of giving them the good message of what they are missing by not coming to church. Yeah, and you know, Bible class is a wonderful time really for them to bring up that stuff. I mean, things that are questioning on their minds. I know of many pastors that that would say, I'm glad you asked that question, or I never thought of it that way. Let's look into it further. 
or if they got stopped, they say, you'll have to give me a, a, a week of research and get back to you with an answer. Yes. Um, in some Bible classes, I've had individuals who ask a question. I'm doing a Bible study, and they ask a question that they think contradicts what I just said. Then I explain how it doesn't contradict. They understand, and they'll often say, oh, I'm sorry I asked the question. And I say, no, many other people may have had that same question, and therefore it's important to ask the pastor questions. You need to be certain of what the pastor is saying so that you believe it also. So we don't mind questions that appear to be disagreeing with what we're saying in the Bible study. It gives us an opportunity to explain it better than perhaps we have been. Well said. So, half of teens are on par with millennials, and this was interesting, that they want factual evidence to support their beliefs. Now, what does that mean? It sounds to me like a scientific uh a foundation of, uh, of truth, seeing is believing. Yes. They want to have some kind of evidence from a reasonable point of view. And they need to come to an understanding that with faith, there is no need for factual evidence except the Word of God. That's God. sufficient. Yeah, I also have in my notes here that, that they want to know God. And I go back to that, that ELCA convention that a couple of years ago where they had all these different uh, religions on there saying that there's there's an interreligious commitment seeking accommodations. Many uh, religions like Buddhism, Confucianism, Hinduism, and, and so forth that... Uh, you, they have their ways of, of finding God as we have our ways of finding God and we have something in, in relationship with each other. That, I think, has to do some damage to, to, to the faith. Uh, yes, and there's no doubt when they're looking for these positive things, if there isn't facts that they can believe in. Now, for me that Jesus was risen from the dead is clear just from reading the Bible. He obviously rose from the dead. After his resurrection, 500 people saw him. What more do you need than those texts of Scripture that are factual about the history of what went on in Jesus' life after he rose from the dead? And it was Jesus himself who said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So, you know, if factually Jesus rose, factually the way that we find God is through Jesus. Yes, and a preaching of and teaching of the gospel is clear because then we're relying on the work of the Holy Spirit to create faith. And when that faith is created, things begin to fall into place where the factual evidence is no longer 
what they consider to be necessary. And that really fits in with with us answering that statement that they have many religions can lead to eternal life, but there's no one true religion. And we can show that there's one true religion, and that is through Jesus Christ. That That's a really good point, that many of them believe that there are different ways to God, and that's what they look at, the different religions. But there's only one religion that is revealed. Every other religion has come out of the minds of human beings, and every one of them is the same. You want to get on God's good side, you better be good. Whereas in Christianity, you're on God's good side because Jesus was good. And so it's a real distinction between law and gospel that those religions that do not teach that are not teaching a way to Jesus, but a a way to self-righteousness. Yeah, there's a lot. (laughs) We haven't even gone through half of what what they believe here, but uh, I wanted to jump a little bit over to science itself. There seems to be quite a divide there between science and the Bible, which are positive views for, for churchgoers. Yes, we we send our uh, grandchildren uh, material from the creation folks showing from a proper scientific world view why creation is a far better option than is evolution. But a lot of young people are not learning about that. They're certainly not learning about it in public schools, and they're not receiving materials from their parents to help them read about that either. And that's a good point that you bring up. I, I think it was on uh, the coffee hour that comes on before us. They they brought out one day that uh, we, you know, we maybe spend a couple hours in church on Sunday, and we've got all this during the week that's being hammered through the TV, the schools, and things like that uh, against an anti-Christian belief. That's right. So the point that we're trying to make with this particular broadcast is you've got these various groups of people, Generation Z, Millennials, Generation X, Boomers, Elders, and they all have a little different understanding of Christianity. The church needs to know about that. And on tomorrow's Law and Gospel, Open Mic Friday, if you have a question on any of this, please send us a note and we will attempt to answer it. Until then, Tom Baker, Wes Reimnitz, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.
If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.